Hello, and welcome to episode 84 of the Talk Witchcraft podcast. In this episode, Maggie and I will be discussing the essential dignities of Venus and how this can influence the way you correspond with this celestial body. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft. On this podcast, we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic into your daily life. Every week, we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. We're your hosts, the Mystic Sisters, Erica and Maggie. In this segment of the show, we choose a tarot card for the week and we look for moments that relate to this card in our daily lives. For this episode, we chose Justice. Now, as we've mentioned, the numbered minor arcana or the pip cards represent day-to-day events and the court cards represent the cast of characters and personality traits. And then when we look at the major arcana, these are more like keynotes or lessons for the story in the overall reading. So the theme of the Justice card is, well, justice. (laughs) It's also about fairness, truth, and morality. And it teaches us that there is always a price to pay for our actions. What goes around comes around. In this way, it is associated with the concept of cause and effect, which suggests that our actions have consequences, both good and bad. The Justice card encourages us to take responsibility for our own thoughts, words, and actions, and to be aware of the impact they might have on others as well as ourselves. On its face, the Justice Tarot card itself appears quite stern. It features a woman seated at a throne while holding a sword in one hand and a set of scales in the other. This image conveys the idea that ultimate justice will prevail no matter what we do or don't do, whether we can recognize it or not. This message here is that ultimately we must answer for our deeds and that justice will always find us out eventually. So it's important to act with honesty and integrity in all things that you do. Justice is an archetypal representation of universal balance. Can you think of a story about a major life event that revealed the cause and effect relationship of your thoughts, words, or actions? I mean, everything that we do is this way. We do something and then there's some sort of response or consequence. But like a big, a major life event that I haven't told about before, because I feel like I repeat all my stories. Okay, I'm going to tell a story that is sort of embarrassing. Okay, I'm here for it. (laughs) When I was a kid, when I was in middle school, I wanted to be friends with the cool kids. And the cool girls had made up this story, a slanderous story about one of the boys in our class that he had been being the middle school version of like sexual harassment towards them. I can't remember all the details, but they had said that he had like written things about them in a note or something. And I hadn't seen this, but I wanted to be cool and hang out with them. So when confronted about this by the principal or the vice principal, I went along with their story. And so we had to talk about what slander means. We had to write essays about it, all this kind of stuff, because I had made a choice that was dishonest in order to get what I wanted, basically, which was to be friends with them. And Of course, part of the lesson that I learned was obviously to be honest and to not make things up about people or go along with things that you don't know for sure through your own experiences, but also that those girls didn't want to be my friends because even after I did all this stuff thinking that I would be friends with them, they were not friends with me. 
(laughs) So how it actually turned out was that I took like the brunt of the punishment, even though I wasn't even the one who like started the whole thing. So that was a major shift in my recognition of who's a good friend and how to be a good person and not be dishonest. Justice found me, in other words. What's your story? Obviously, there's a theme with like justice and cause and effect and breaking the rules, as it were. My story is also about me being a naughty little girl. Where I left school in the middle of the day at lunchtime to walk with a friend to the grocery store that was nearby the school because neither of us wanted to eat the school lunch or the lunch we brought from home. And we wanted to go get Lunchables. We took it upon ourselves to walk down to the grocery store, buy the stuff, me being a Capricorn and a rule follower, nervous the entire time that somebody like a cash register person was going to be like, why aren't you little girls in school? And I'd have to lie and further break the rules. I think we did this probably two times. Then we invited a third friend to go with us. Here's the trick to not getting caught. Don't involve other people. (laughs) That's not the lesson we're supposed to learn. (laughs) But I will be, honestly, I will be forever thankful for her because, so we went, we waited for her. She never came. So we decided to leave without her. And then we got back and there were teachers waiting for us. And she had been the tattletale and she had gone to the teachers and told on us. I don't think it was like a malicious thing of she like weaseled her way in to see what we were doing with the intent of telling on us. I honestly do think that she learned what we were doing, agreed to go with us, and then she had second thoughts and nervous feelings about it. I think in her little heart of hearts, she knew we were doing something naughty and something dangerous and was worried. And that's why she went to the teachers. What I remember is with our parents, I remember them waking me up in the middle of the night multiple times to come and talk with me about what had happened. And I never once felt like they were mad at me. I never felt like the teachers were mad at me. I think genuinely there was a sense of concern and worry about what could have happened and trying to figure out why we thought that this was a good idea and what our thought process was. And so in a sense, I definitely for sure got punished, but I, I feel like it was the good side of justice of like problem solving and figuring out a better way and what could we have done differently to teach me and this other girl that that was a really bad idea. It's interesting that you classified it as like the good side of justice, because I feel like justice in the sense of this card, it seems like it's always good. Like even if you have a negative thing that happens, justice is not is or not always good. It's just like neutral. It's just the thing that's going to happen. Right. I don't know. Just a thought I was having. I mean, so like in a way, like justice for a criminal is that they go to jail and in their for their perspective that's a bad thing right and they got caught they got in trouble those feelings are feelings of bad yeah it's not a good feeling to go to jail yeah and I guess like contrasting that with my story where I got punished for something that I did do but wasn't my idea it didn't feel good But regardless of that, I like learned a lesson from it. So the like balance of the universe was overall like restored. 
based on my bad action. And I know that me doing what I did probably would be honestly very hard for a child in this day and age to do. All the doors are locked. You have to go through the front office to even get out the front door. We walked out the front door. No judgment to the teachers and the principals and the office staff of my elementary school because there just wasn't that awareness at that time. There wasn't this like hypervigilant school shooters people trying to get in, people trying to do bad things. Definitely, I feel like a consequence for the school was them having to figure out how do we never let this happen again? How did we let two little girls walk out our front door? Two times. (laughs) Or three times. Three times. And nobody knew. And I think that that's like looking back on things in our life, it's like easy to see what the consequences of those actions were and the ripples that came off of it because it wasn't just an effect on you. It was an effect on our parents and the school and everything. So it's like the ripple effect of all the choices that we make and how they expand to hit so many other people. I'm fairly confident that it was not my idea. (laughs) I think it was the other girl's idea, and I went along because I'm a two, and I want to be a helper, and I want people to like me. But that was still your choice to go. It was still my choice to go. And that's what justice is about, is taking responsibility for all the choices. And that's the same thing with mine. I made the choice to go along with these girls because I wanted their friendship. I wanted to be seen as popular, And so it was still my choice. And I had this conversation with our mom afterward when I told her, like, I didn't actually know about it. Like, I just went along with it. And she was like, well, you do need to face the punishment because you went along with it spreading a rumor that wasn't true. And you had no way of, like, knowing it was true, but you said it was. You know, I still had to take responsibility for that, too. All right. So let's move on to our main topic for this week. Talking about Mars. No, Venus. Talking about Venus. In this episode, we will discuss Venus in rulership, exaltation, detriment, and fall, and what these terms mean. We will also talk about how this can influence your day-to-day choices and magical workings. Over the course of the next year, we will be examining each of the planets, or luminaries in the case of the sun and the moon, so we'll call them celestial bodies, and we'll be talking about what these celestial bodies might mean for your natal chart, watching the skies and observing the position of the celestial bodies within the zodiac signs and how to look at these positions to determine optimal timing for magical workings and mundane activities. So what does Venus represent in astrology? Venus is often associated with love, relationships, beauty, and money. It's also connected to femininity and self-expression, as well as a person's value system. Symbolically, Venus represents the softer aspects of life. This planet highlights our capacity for pleasure and enjoyment, but it can also speak to our tendencies to take shortcuts or be overly indulgent in our desire for these things. In an astrological reading, this planet can indicate whether or not a relationship will have a good outcome or whether it'll be filled with struggles. Overall, Venus symbolizes the meaningful connections that can exist between two people, whether that's romantic or, you know, more like a friendship or co-working relationship. And it can highlight the importance of things like pleasure and enjoyment and how those play a role in a person's life. People with a heavy influence from Venus are often known for their charms and charisma and their ability to bring pleasure into the lives of those around them. In terms of relationships, Venus is thought to be the planet that brings harmony amongst people and encourages them to form genuine connections with others. 
Venus spends between two and three weeks in each sign. It travels very closely to the sun, so it's often in either the same sign as the sun or one of the signs on either side, depending on the time of year and what year it is and all of that. If it's in retrograde, it can actually spend, you know, up to like five months in a sign. So it could take like 10 months to go through all of the signs. It could take a year to go through all of the signs. It could be a little bit longer than a year if it does happen to be a year with retrograde. But generally, we do see Venus in every single sign throughout the course of a single year. So I'm realizing that if Venus moves with the sun, it's highly likely that your Venus and your sun are in the same sign. Mm-hmm. And Venus, my Venus is in Capricorn. That makes sense. My Venus is in the same sign as my Mercury, because Mercury also travels with the sun. But my sun is in Gemini, and my Mercury and Venus are in Taurus. Close. The next sign over. My Mercury and Venus are both in Capricorn. Yep. I wonder if that's true for a lot of people. It should be. It should be. But like... Couldn't it? I just find it odd that they're going together. Like, don't they, don't the different orbits change? I think it would be helpful to like look at a model of the solar system. Part of it is the Earth is orbiting the sun and Venus is also orbiting around the sun, but we are observing it from our perspective on Earth. That's also why we experience like retrogrades because there's a certain point where the angle of our position on Earth makes it look like Venus or any of the other planets are not moving, but it's just because of the angle makes it seem like their movement is stalled or even going in reverse. I just, because it's on a shorter rotation, I would have assumed that it was going slightly like off of us, but, but I guess it is like, it is slightly off for you because it's in just like the next sign over yeah for some people it's the sign before it's always close to the sun and it's never more than two zodiac signs away so for some gemini's their venus might be in aries or taurus two two signs and one sign before gemini and for other gemini's Venus is in Gemini, and for other Geminis, it's one or two signs after, so Cancer or Leo, but it's always within one of those five signs around where the sun is, which is why not everybody has the exact same chart. It's helping with the math proof of the natal chart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is a mathematical equation, like you could predict somebody's natal chart based on the mathematical equations of how the planets rotate around the sun. Well, that's what a natal chart is. Yeah, that's like what the astronomers of Elizabethan time, that's what they were doing. It was based off of mathematical predictions. Yeah, pretty cool. I'm having a realization. So now that we know what Venus is all about, we are going to talk about the dignities, as mentioned previously. But first, a word from our sponsor. Come to Stonehenge and experience the wonder and mystery of this ancient and sacred site. Set in the rolling hills of Wiltshire, England, Stonehenge is one of the most magical places on Earth. Enjoy the breathtaking views of the surrounding area as you connect with the powerful energy from generations past. Since prehistoric times, Stonehenge has been the setting for witches and other magical practitioners to gather for ritual and prayer. Learn all about the secrets and marvel at the structure of this circle of stones on a guided tour 
or explore the monument on your own. Have your fortune told by local druids or take a mystical journey through the ages with a guided meditation session as you explore your own magical gifts. Whether you're visiting for solstice or just exploring on a quiet weekend, Stonehenge offers a unique opportunity to commune with history. Come find out why this ancient site has captivated people for centuries. It's an adventure you won't soon forget. And now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Let's talk about those planetary dignities. What are they? Planetary dignities are a set of terms used in astrology to describe the relationships between a planet and the sign that it occupies. There are four dignities, rulership, exaltation, detriment, and fall. All the planets or celestial bodies have a unique essential dignity. So the first dignity is the rulership or the home position. And when a planet is in their rulership, it means that their energy is expressed effortlessly, clearly, and directly. So this means that both the positive and negative aspects of that celestial body are amplified. And it typically is a very powerful time to correspond with that planet for magical workings. The signs originally got their meaning from their planetary ruler, so they tend to be very similar. Venus rules over Taurus and Libra. So when Venus, the planet of love and beauty, is in these two signs, the Venus energy is at its most authentic and more powerful than when it is in the other signs. For Taurus, when Venus is in Taurus, this generally gives an individual a strong sense of determination determination and ambition. So at any point when Venus is traveling through Taurus, if you happen to be born when Venus was in Taurus, this person might have a natural tendency towards a more material comfort and stability. When Venus is traveling through Taurus, you might be more prone to like collecting things, being very focused on physical pleasure, creating an environment that is really peaceful and beautiful, and you might feel more attached to the things that you possess. When Venus is in Libra, this will bless people with a lot of like grace and charm and this appreciation for beauty. When Venus is in Libra, this is a time to seek out relationships that bring us joy and bring peace and harmony into our lives. This would be a good time to strive for balance between different relationships in all your aspects of life. Because Libra is about the appreciation of justice and balance, this is a really good time to come to a compromise or find a win-win solution for all par parties involved in a, any sort of conflict. So if you've had a falling out with somebody when Venus is in Libra, it might be a good time to try and repair that relationship because this time brings out the diplomatic side of us. So we're better able to handle arguments and disputes. All right, so when a celestial body is in their detriment, it means that they're not in their natural environment. The energy of the sign is not compatible with the planet as when it is in the rulership or exaltation. This can create some tension and challenge for the planet. And the effects of being in detriment can be mitigated by just, you know, being aware of that time and to avoid working with this energy or counteracting it in some way. For Venus, it is in detriment when it is in Aries and Scorpio, which are ruled by Mars. And we talked about this in the Mars episode. Mars is in detriment in the signs where Venus is in rulership and vice versa. And it's because those kind of have opposing energies. So when Venus is in detriment, these times are when it's difficult to feel balanced. This is when Venus is more weak and unsteady. And as Erica mentioned, 
it's good to just be aware of this and mitigate those energies so that you can help yourself to feel balanced. When Venus is in Aries, it can be quite challenging to express any love in a healthy and productive way. You might find that Venus and Aries, we tend to push people away, especially those that we care about. And we need this like isolating time because we struggle to express our emotions properly in this time. And so you might also have some difficulties with being assertive and open about your needs and wants and instead opt for passive aggressiveness or avoidance from confrontation. Everybody's affected differently. So it's like with the whole planet, is like seeing Venus in Aries at the same time. But you might notice that your relationships are a little bit strained because we're all ex experiencing the same energy at the same time. And it's just affecting people differently depending on how like their menatal chart is laid out and how Aries and Venus affect that person individually. One way that you could get around that is just be aware like, oh, Venus is entering Aries this month. I'm going to be extra nice to the people I care about. <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to give tips to my barista. I'm going to be super sweet when I'm ordering like, or when I'm trying on clothes because I know that everybody's feeling a little agitated and passive aggressive right now. And also isolating with that like Aries individuality energy, giving yourself space from other people as often as you can is also a way to sort of mitigate that energy. Whatever your self-care routine is and just like being intentional with it and saying I'm isolating from people right now so that I am better able to cope with the people that I do have to interact with. The other sign that Venus is in detriment in is Scorpio. And when Venus is in Scorpio, you may feel more like you're struggling to accept love. You might feel more insecure about your relationships, the people that you are friends with, the people that you're romantic with, all sorts of people. Just like you might feel like everybody is just judging you or making you feel insecure in who you are. You might have like more of a tendency that everyone that you encounter is acting maliciously or harmfully towards you rather than in this sort of like genuine and caring way that most people should be experiencing with their romantic partners and friendships. Similarly to how it is when Venus is in Aries, it might be a good time to really isolate and just not interact with people as much as possible so that you don't expose yourself to these feelings or just prepare yourself that, hey, my partner is probably not trying to be mean to me right now. So maybe I need to reflect on why I'm feeling this way. <laughs> also, this could be kind of the reverse where instead of you feeling really insecure, you start lashing out at people in that like scorpion way of just like stinging anybody who comes close to you. So you might find yourself like being more manipulative or just actively trying to hurt people and not really understanding why. And it could be because Venus is in Scorpio. <laughs> the next dignity is the planet's exaltation. And this is another like positive relationship between a planet and a sign where the energy is really moving easily. It's not as intense as it is in the rulership, but it is more balanced. It's a very effective time to correspond with the planet when it's in its exaltation. So in magical workings, taking time to access this energy 
could be pretty beneficial. When Venus is in the sign of Pisces, it's in its exaltation. In exaltation, Venus reveals mainly its most beneficial aspects without the unhelpful energy. When Venus is in Pisces, it brings out all of the best qualities that make it so beloved. It encourages feelings of love, compassion, understanding, and empathy in everybody it touches, and it helps create feelings of inner peace and contentment within those who have it in their charts. Venus in Pisces is an excellent time for just reveling in the love of all of the people that you have around you and just embracing it and embracing the world. Like having empathy for people, strengthening those relationships through a trying to understand the people you care about on a deeper level. And additionally, Venus in Pisces can bring a lot of creativity into the projects that you're working on. And so in this position, you might feel more creative or like you want to like start a project or be more artistic because a lot of those things are fueled from like our feelings and our emotions and also this sense of relaxation and serenity that we find in Pisces. While Venus is in Pisces, You just might have those feelings of being connected to yourself and other people around you on a deeper level. That Pisces energy just gives Venus the the creative boost, the feels, (laughs) as the kids would say. The last dignity is the planet's fall. So this is the fuller sign of its exaltation. And this can be a very challenging time for the planet as we do not get any of the planet's natural expressions. So when it's an exaltation, we get all of the benefits. And when it's in its fall, we get all of the negatives. Again, this is a time to be aware of and, you know, counteract the energy, look for ways to get around it, being hyper vigilant and aware of the energy that you're putting out and taking in. Yeah, exactly. For Venus, it's in fall in Virgo. And this is a time when Venus is very weak, the way Erica described. And if we think about it, Virgo is this sign that encourages us to look at things very practically. It's about the mundane matters of our life, the day-to-day routines and all of those kinds of things. And so Venus is an Earth planet. Virgo is also an Earth sign, but they're just very different types of energy because Venus is all about like extravagant expressions of the physical realm and being very indulgent in this pursuit of love and beauty. So when Venus is in Virgo in this position, Venus has this difficulty expressing itself to the fullest potential because Virgo is trying to like put a bunch of practical rules over it. Like, no, that has no purpose. We don't need art. We don't need beauty. We just need routine. You know, when Venus is in Virgo, it's definitely a time for deep inner reflection and it's a time to examine our relationships and what they mean to us and whether they are serving us. When we're in Pisces, it's about loving love and love everyone around us and empathize and sympathize and give love and take it in. And Virgo is about being like, well, okay, we love all these people, but are they helping you? Are they toxic? Are they vampires. And so Venus and Virgo encourages us to focus on self-acceptance and self-love. So if Pisces is the outward expansion of love towards others, Virgo is the inward contraction of love toward ourselves. Exactly. This is a time for like healing those emotional wounds, looking inward and recognizing which relationships are helping us to fulfill that feeling of worthiness and building those connections with others. I don't want it to seem like Virgo doesn't care about love. I think it's just really about 
you know, sorting the wheat from the chaff, like the symbol of Virgo, making sure that everything that you are expending your energy on is actually like fulfilling and adding something to your life that makes it worthwhile. So now if you do want to work with the Venus energy in your witchcraft practice, here are a few tools and materials, particularly crystals and herbs that you might want to incorporate into your spell work. Anything that's associated with the earth element is in Venus's domain because Venus, like I said before, is an earth planet. Any sort of symbol that represents love, pleasure, the arts, music, beauty, luxury, your physical sensations, harmony, relationships, all of that kind of stuff that we've talked about. If you have any symbols that represent these things, colors that correspond with these. And as for crystals, you might consider using emerald, rose quartz, amber, malachite, jade, peridot, and aventurine. And for herbs, rose, ylang-ylang, apple, vanilla, birch, cardamom, hibiscus, strawberry, and jasmine. But again, these choices that you make for your spell work, anything that you feel like represents Venus is perfectly suitable. I have jasmine in my essential oil diffuser right now and I just Ooh. in my craft room and I just go in and I push on and it smells like jasmine in my room. I love that smell. We have jasmine planted in our garden. It's blooming right now actually. I should go out and smell it. Just give it a good old whiff. This episode is brought to you by Desert Rose. Desert Rose is a type of selenite or gypsum crystal. It often contains grains of silica sand. They resemble roses that are made from sand, which is why they're called Desert Rose. They're very clever. I love them so much. They're so beautiful. One of my favorite stones to use. Again, they look like roses they have these like discs they're usually like a sandy pink color beigey pink and they are found in very wet sand so anywhere that is sort of deserty but gets a lot of rainfall is likely to grow desert rose one of the most common places that mines desert rose is the sahara desert they are also found in Oklahoma, the part of western and central Oklahoma that used to be covered by a shallow sea. Desert Rose is a passive stone that corresponds with the water and earth elements, Mars, Saturn, and Venus, and Scorpio and Taurus. It can be used in witchcraft to absorb and protect against unwanted energy and to increase energy, luck, creativity, and prosperity. It is also believed to aid in communication with the spirit realm and can bring insight and clarity to any situation. If you want to increase your luck or prosperity, you could place a piece of desert rose in your wallet or purse while focusing on your intention. You could also hold desert rose during a meditation se session or other spiritual work when seeking guidance from deities or ancestors or to encourage self-reflection and identify areas of your own personal growth so that you can become more confident in yourself and your decisions. Next week, we will be looking at our lives through the lens of the Ace of Wands, which is all about new beginnings, originality, creative vision, fresh starts, and adventure. It's all about facing up to the facts of life, being really passionate about the things that you're working on, having inspiration for new ideas, 
having belief in your abilities to accomplish anything that you put your mind to. We'll be talking about these themes and more next week when we come back. So if you have a story about the Ace of Wands that you want to share with us, we'd love to hear it. Please send us a voicemail to we listen at talkwitchcraft.com. You can find out more about this episode by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash 084. Join us next week when we talk about the fire element and its relation to summer and the cardinal direction south. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you're notified about each new episode and help other witches find this show by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Mumbles and Things. And if you have any other tips to add, tell us about it in the Talk Witchcraft Forum in the Mumbles Academy community. And don't forget to share this episode with your witchy friends and followers. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye. I've got a bunch of plant matter in my pocket of my hoodie and I, it's, it's, I'm having a sensory moment. What did you do? I don't know. Did you go traipsing? No, I was cleaning out the garden last weekend, but I don't remember wearing the, I don't know. I don't know when the last time I wore this hoodie was. It, maybe it was washed with something that had a lot of like maybe. grasses and stuff. Maybe, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have to get it out. Get it out. Get it out.